Old Gold Club. Old Gold Club. So hello there and welcome along to another episode of Old Gold Club, My Golden Game. Delighted to say on this episode, we're joined by former Wolves defender Christoph Bearer. How are you, my friend? I'm good, thanks. Um, how, are you? how are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's obviously trying to keep as much work going um, with all the kind of restrictions and stuff that's going on. But um, it's been an interesting period. It's been a really interesting period for you over the last, what, nine months, 12 months? Because at one point it looked like you were going to leave Hearts and, and now you're back in. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> it's kind of been a wee bit of a roller coaster. Um, obviously, a new manager came in. Played a couple of games, uh, then got totally put to the side. Uh, left on loan, actually on my, my birthday. I usually like to, on the 31st of January, the last day of the transfer window, I, I usually like to, uh, that date is quite, um, you know, that's when I moved to Wolves as well, on my birthday as well. So I went on loan for about four to six weeks, I think, at Dundee, uh, just to get back playing. Played, I don't know, six games and we won, uh, we we played six. I think we played five, unbeaten in five, and we conceded one goal. Uh, so it was good. Uh, it was good to get back playing. And obviously the pandemic hit, and um, you know uh, football was postponed. Um, the manager left the club, and we've got a new manager in. Then kind of like everything, every club you go to, a new manager comes in. Uh, um, it's a clean slate. Uh, the manager actually played with the manager when I was first breaking through at Hearts as well. So um, he knows me from a, a playing perspective when I was a youngster. 17, 18 year old coming through. Um, so uh, the manager came in, then back to pre season. I done a week of pre season, I hurt my Achilles, and I was out for about eight weeks. Then I got back fit again, and I played the last um, three, four or five games, I think. So yeah, it's, um, and then we've got a, um, obviously a cup final, obviously depending on when this is aired, but we've got a cup final coming up soon. So yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be back involved in playing. You're, you're at that interesting stage of your career where, as you say, you're you're now playing for someone that you played with. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wonder whether everything that's happened over the last couple of months, you kind of found a new love for playing again because it, you might have been thinking about kind of coming towards the end. Um, yeah, well, I'm 36 in January. But fortunately enough, I've always been fit. I've always looked after myself. So I think I've said before, the only thing that really at this moment in time, stop me would either be injuries or mentally if I want to, especially a defender sometimes, just to, and you've got high standards, the pressure you put on yourself and that to prepare for games and just that mental chance. It's quite draining. I, I, I'm not sure if many people know, but it can be draining, you know, the build-up to games. You defender, your last line of defence technically, and you, yeah, you know, you can be a, they always saying like a striker could miss two or three chances. It's not, it's forgotten about if a defender makes a mistake, all those kind of things, you know. So it's about going out in games and the mental side of things, the concentration level. That's what kind of it can be draining at times. But at the moment, you know, I'm feeling I'm enjoying my football. The manager and the coaching staff have come in, they're a good structure, training's really good. It's a good environment. Um, obviously, we got relegated last year, um, with what went on regarding um, the season getting cut early and about eight or ten games left and the, the league decided to, to put us down so um, we had to fight that and um, we're top of the league just now so uh, football's as I said it's a, a good place to be at um, 
everyone's pulling in the same direction and uh, we're all enjoying the football. And me on our personal side of things, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying being back. Um, if I, as I say, if I stay injury free of that, I think I could play for a couple of years at least, you know, and um, I think I train every day. I'm not one to only manage myself through training. I like to, I don't like missing out. So yeah, I still enjoy it and um, hopefully we'll just see, you know, as you say, take one game at a time just now and just get, get by and to see how it goes from there. Because it's interesting you talk about um, defenders making mistakes and it always gets remembered. Um, Because the game we're going to talk about is the 13th of April 2009, a massive 3-2 win over Derby in the the race towards promotion and winning the championship title. But I found the match report from the game and Mick's uh, quote that's on the match report (laughs) is we were hopeless, we were awful, we were rubbish, we couldn't play any worse and we won the game. We were bobbins except for Andy Keogh and Matt Jarvis and the front lads. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember that game actually. I YouTube it last night just to go over the goals. I think the first goal, uh, Andy, I actually had a clearance from my right foot, a big high one, stepping onto it. Andy scored and went 2-1 down. I think they scored from a corner and a direct free kick actually. Yeah. Then we scored uh, with well, three minutes to go. But I remember, I think it was my first experience because in Scotland, usually you just play like Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. You have the old, odd midweek game. But that year, I, I don't know if it was around Easter time, we had played Friday um, during the day against Southampton, which was on telly. We won 3 0. We were 3 0 up at half time. Then we were straight into Derby away on Monday. I think it was Easter. I'm sure it was Easter weekend. Uh, Monday. And I think it was a hot day as well. And honestly, from a personal point of view, I felt I had no energy. It was a tough game. It was just physical. And we didn't play well. It was just one of those end-to-end games that was kind of not really any control for anyone. It was kind of, it could have went either way. And we were just fortunate enough to, like, like if you're going to win leagues, you know, the kind of games that you kind of... <laughs> those games will happen you know especially a championship not every game is you can control and at that time when I came down I didn't really I was not oblivious to English football obviously I wanted to play in England and all the teams and that but Derby when when you look now Derby are a massive club and they've got a big budget and um, it would be a, it would have been a tough place to go and to get a 3-2 win especially the way it happened I think one of the reasons why this game stands out for me is because I know it wasn't mathematically but it kind of really cemented that that we were going to go up you know that win the last minute it it just put the momentum in our in our favor really yeah well you this is why I love this season and talking about it because you get off to an incredible start then you have a really shaky period where you only win one game from boxing day until March really and then you get back on form and then you lose at Birmingham which feels like such a crucial game at the time. And I think that's the one where Looms gets injured as well. And it's just okay. kind of like, you know, what's going to happen. And then these, as you say, these next two games over Easter, the character that you guys show to bounce back, it really kind of comes to the fore. Yeah. It's, it's a championship for you. Obviously I only joined in January. I think my first two games were uh, two defeats away to Coventry. It was a real idol eye-opener for me you know the two, two physical strikers and compared to Scotland um, don't get me, Celtic Rangers had big strikers as well but technical ones as well but the, down England they were 
mobile, the whole, it just, it actually something that I need to get stronger. And I was quite strong, but I'm stronger now. And I think when people go down England, they, they do realise that even at Championship and Premier League, it, it, it can be faster paced, physical, technical and everything. It's a mixture of everything and every team you play against, it's, um, it was, it's, it's very difficult and, I think that game we got beat two one, and I actually should have scored for a corner. And it would, I don't know if we would have went two one up or it would have been two two. I should have scored in my first game. But actually, leading up to that game, I, I think I, I signed the way I signed. I signed on the. I came to watch a game at home to. Um, I think it might be Watford. I'm not really sure. Yeah. And that week it was quite snow. I, I, then I trained. I flew down Saturday morning, watched the game, trained Sunday, and it was quite a lot. And then we had a game Tuesday and I never played the game. I just watched from the stand. I think it was 3C against... Norwich. And Norwich, yeah, Norwich. But then I played against Coventry. But that week it had been quite snowy and and um, wintry. And I actually wasn't well. I was staying at the Mount Hotel. And one night I was... I, I had like like a sickness bug. I don't know why. I don't know if it was just strange thinking. People won't think about it. But the, when you sign for that, all that kind of flying down in the morning... I knew on the Friday I was coming down, flying down, watching the game, staying in the hotel, training the next day. I was exhausted, eh? And then that week I kind of I wasn't feeling a hundred percent. I said I was I was sick in, in the hotel. I'm not, it's not usually like me. I'm quite my immune system's quite good, and I was that. And I went to the game, and I wasn't a hundred percent, but I still played it. Um, and it probably reflected a wee bit on my performance a little bit. But then the next day we went to Burnley. We got B one L, but I actually played really well that game. And then from there, I think we started to pick up some wins. And I think we had about 15 games, maybe lost four, won seven, or maybe, I don't know, drew a few as well. So, yeah, it was a, that experience was massive. And then obviously going into that, those games against Southampton and Derby, I think we scored against Southampton in the first minute and kind of, it was live on television, television as well. So it kind of, you know, I thought it was kind of the weekend that kind of probably, you know, cemented it that we were going to, to go up, you know. Because I wondered, like, uh, you know, sometimes you footballers can be a bit superstitious. When you sign for a club that have been flying high at the table and then they don't win in the first month that you're there, are you feeling a bit of pressure? Like, you might have been the one that's jinxed it. Uh, um, I don't actually... Do you know what? It's quite funny. Like, so you, well, I look back now, I, when you're still playing, you probably don't appreciate all those times sometimes until you retire. You think, oh, I was fortunate enough to play from two uh, big clubs in the Premier League and internationally and that. But that time, it, I, I can't remember what I'm thinking. I, I would have been thinking, oh, God, we're no winning. I'll be worried about my place and that because I, I was wanting to, you know, cement my place. But sometimes you're a bit oblivious to it as well. You know, it kind of, football moves so fast that, yeah, it, football football lives in the moment, you know. I was just thinking earlier, you win a game, everyone loves you. You lose a game, everyone thinks you're rubbish you know that's how it works basically yeah. you know so um yeah football's just it's just the way it is it's, it changes week to week day to day well, game to game really and you know every time you, you go out and play there play on the pitch you know um your reputation's on the line eh? every player's reputation is like because you're getting judged there's umpteen press in the, in the stadium they're all going to write a report or doing radio or the television in different countries and they've all got different opinions of football. One might think I played well, one might think I didn't play well and it's just how people paint that picture to everyone else and social media these days are, are massive as well and that's how people form form their opinions on someone who 
tweet someone who might not have a clue about football and then <laughs> then that gets retweeted and that's everyone that affirms opinion and so-and-so's was rubbish today and uh, I know I'm going off on one but yeah it's um, it just shows you like and that I, 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 when I was there I don't know how big social media was to be honest it probably just Facebook or something but now it's it's everywhere so um, if someone has a bad game uh, or someone thinks someone has a bad game it's uh, it's uh, all over the social media and all over the, the internet well it's interesting it's that it's that element of how you kind of get through like stressful times i guess whether you're at the top of the table or bottom of the table football is stressful and especially for those mm-hmm. of you who have to live it every day and you know i met obviously being around at the time and, and doing interviews for the local radio and and whenever i interviewed you you almost epitomized um mix mantra of you never have too high a high or too low a low you try and 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 stay in that kind of middle ground yeah, I think so. I've, all, I've probably said it many times. You don't get carried away when you're doing well and don't get too down. Um, I think that's football. I think it's I think the older you get as well. Sometimes when you're younger, you know, you, you the kids will do it. Uh, the youth, the players are coming through. Like you play a game and you'll be and you'll be googling how the result went or googling your name or something and seeing what people see. Then it's always the same. Like you may have a hundred great comments, but you have one bad one. And that bad one's the one that sticks with you in it. And I think that's a part of football that, and as you're saying, it, it, there is pressure. I think no matter if you're top of the league, bottom of the league, middle of the league, or you have no chance of getting relegated, if you're professional football and you, if you've got pride, you've got your own standards and you, no one wants to go out, well, go out into a game and play, not play well. You know what I mean? Everyone puts pressure on themselves individually to play well that, don't get me wrong the Bobby players who go out there with freedom and don't care but every player deep down you know they want to play well and they put that pressure on them you know it might not always be an outside but it's it's your own personal standards that that, that, um, that probably drive you and it's probably the most successful players the ones who have the longest careers are the ones who can deal with that and who can you know, get yourself up for games and who can focus on that concentration but also block out all the negative stuff. Because as I said, like, you're not going to please everyone. Everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. But it's only, not everyone's opinion matters really. You know what I mean? So um, it's just kind of, any advice I've given to youngsters now is then don't be going on reading every article about yourself or this and that, you know, because trust me, there's not, there's a lot of people out there who, okay they'll write good things but there's a lot of them who always want to put negative spin on it as well so it's kind of just just trying as you said level-headed and not get don't get don't think take things too personally because as i said football changes so quickly and it goes game to game you know you could be great one week the next week you make a mistake and then you're getting hammered in, in the press or or whatever but um, I was gonna say, right, surely you're not googling yourself no no but i know people will eh? people will google like as in like say you google your name just to see if it comes up in a, a like an article that's what people people will do eh? we've all been it when you're, especially when you're youngsters breaking through you want to see what the what your match rating was and that but the older you get you're just like oh, who cares you know you know yourself yeah if you've played well or that but yeah players will 100% or they'll have alerts on their phones to tell if something's written about them you know it's just it's just it's modern era really I'd say because you've got a distinctive name so it's always going to be about you it's not yeah, like trying yeah, to hide behind that they're talking about somebody else. It's not like I'm uh, googling a 
a Darren Smith or something, and there'll be a hundred to come off. It's, there's not many Crystal Palace. <laughs> um, so we go to this game, and as you say, you end up going 2-1 down after a really good start where Andy Kia had scored early. And it's in this period where like the the desire to get promoted um i've spoken to quite a few players from kind of the different promotion teams and the kind of 2002 2003 type era they really felt like an un- unbelievable amount of pressure it felt like you guys for 0809 like you just were enjoying being in amongst it there was a bit less maybe on you a bit less expectation because the squad hadn't been kind of built with big money was that felt inside um, for you in the dressing room i probably if you look back at the the squads that were as you said the squad prior to it that got um promoted and then the squad just now there was they probably they had bigger names bigger money spent where us like okay I, they bought me for a, a a bit of money and they bought some players here and there, but we're all from like lower, lower league teams, maybe with a more look into the future as well, you know, for sustainable for the next four or five years. Whereas the current team and where they obviously spent a lot of money and some really good players who were probably playing in a league that they were better than, to be honest, but obviously the, the club had a big project and financially it would have been, Good for them, and then I think the the team prior to us had a lot of experienced pros in that who had been there, done it. You know what I mean? I it was it. I don't know who who was in that, like, but there was a lot, maybe a mixture of youth as well, like Lescott and that came through as well. But there was a lot more. Yeah, the Paul Inses, Dennis. Yeah, Paul Inses, all that. They kind of players who've been there, done it. So people were expecting performances week in week out from them. Where we were a bit untested, a bit raw, probably as you'd say, and a bit more youth and enthusiasm in our team, inexperienced as well. But um, yeah, I've played against teams like that in the past and they could be the hardest, you know. You know, they've got had a great team spirit and, you know, um, we had goals in our team. Uh, we were like typical Mick McCarthy. We were, you know, we're all action really. Um, not, not that we were a defensive team or an attacking team. We were just a bit of everything really. And I think that probably shown throughout the, the results. In that yeah. game in particular, it was kind of end to end. As I said, it was. I think it was. I'm sure it was a warm day as well. I was like, oh wow, this game is going. And my legs just felt done, and it was just going end to end. And you're getting exposed. Like nothing worse than a defender. People think it. Or oh, end to end when you're one v one, just running the channel constantly. You know, you can't win every ball, and there's going to be times when the striker gets a better of you. And it's just hoping that someone's there to help you out, cover you, or the goalie pulls up a save or something. Is it, as you say, like you go two one down from the set piece? I was trying to work it out, but the pitches are really grainy. Um, whether it's yeah. you that clears the ball that starts the attack for the winning goal. Yeah, that's what I looked at as well. The, the picture quote is not great. I know for the first one, it was me who steps in and like goes onto a ball, it goes to Andy for the first goal. And then for that one, I don't know if it was me or not. It's too hard to tell. Because it's, yeah, it's a left-footed clearance, so I'm I'm kind well, of could be, yeah. giving you the benefit of the doubt. Who else played? Was it Jody played with me or Steers? Or? Let me just look. It was uh, Jody. Yeah, it could have been Jody. It was either me or Jody, obviously. Um, so I then we broke up. and I was trying to give you the credit for it. Yeah, it could have been. I could two assists. <laughs> um, 
then I think we broke up and I don't know, I don't know who crossed the ball. It was a great ball into Andy, pulled off the strike, uh, the defender the back stick and great header in. Marlon Harewood. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> Marlon Harewood. Best oh, contribution. Was it okay. Best contribution. It was a and, great ball and it was undefendable actually. Yeah, and I mean, you, I guess you can kind of appreciate that even more as a defender because every time you watch this, it's like you kind of keep looking at it and going like, if VAR was a, around at the time, like, is Keo would he got, would they have yeah, the no, lines no, out and done him for being in the middle of the two defenders? Yeah, it was, it was close, like, but um, as I said, it was, a, it was a great ball and one that fouls on the... If I was Keo, you couldn't have had to ask for a better ball, to be honest. Because it's that moment, isn't it, as well? Like, late in a game and in front of the away fans, Keo's top comes off. It, like I know from a fan's point of view, because we've had fans like doing episodes of this where it it's an iconic moment that Keo top off, all of you kind of piling in. Yeah, I think so. Especially he took his top off his nice white skin. He probably got sunburned. <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, as I said, I think I said to you before we were, were organising this. I could have picked many games. Um, obviously, the more the obvious ones would be in the Premier League when we beat like Liverpool and all teams like that. But I just think this one was. I think what it meant to, as I said, I think it kind of everyone from then on knew we were going to get promoted, be it win the league or runners up. We just knew that we were going to, to go up after that. You know, those two games over against two big clubs. I know Southampton were working their way back up in that. But um, it was, especially Derby away, I think it, no matter when you ever play Derby, they're always tough games. And away from home, a full house of 33,000, you know, it was, um, there was a lot of expectations on us. And obviously on the Derby as well. But that kind of game, just, as I said, it's kind of, just. I think after that, we kind of knew that that was a massive three points. Because then you had the QPR game following on from that and kind of Sylvan's goal and fans piling on at the end. Like, those are the memories that live with you forever. Yeah, I think the, yeah, that was the... Uh, that one. And I think in the last game of the season, I think the Steer score last minute as well, just to kind of top it off as well, the last game of the season, to win 1-0 yeah. at home. I, yeah, that, those kind of games. Um, I mind when the, the crowd... Ran onto the pitch as well. It was kind of you just it's packed. You could not get off. Like people were standing on my feet, and that I was like, so um, yeah, it was. Um, I need to get a video of it actually and watch it again. Maybe do that something I'll do when I when I hang up my boots. But um, yeah, you, sometimes you don't appreciate those moments until until they're gone or you you hang up your boots. You know, because I'm still playing just now, and I've still got obviously objectives. Um, for myself but yeah it's um, until you retire I don't sometimes you just don't appreciate those moments but you know I was very fortunate to play for a club like Wolves and at the moment you know they're flying high they're uh, regular in the Premier League even though they're <laughs> spending probably a lot more money but um, it's, it's uh, they've got passionate fans and it's just somewhere that I think everyone you know they're a good addition to the Premier League and uh, hopefully uh, they'll be there for a long time Thanks for listening to The Old Gold Club. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and rating from wherever you get your podcasts. Wolves TV, the home of live uninterrupted radio commentary of every single Wolves game. 
But that's not all. Wolves TV also brings you extended and alternative match highlights, interviews with the team, behind-the-scenes features and training coverage, plus see every goal Wolves score from every angle. So check out Wolves TV online at wolves.co.uk or on the move via the Wolves app.